0: Welcome to comic picks by the Glick,
1: and I'm Jason Glick and this week we got going a little obscure here because well, if there are any Justin's world, this wouldn't be an obscure series. it's called Sleeper. It's written by Ed Baker and Sean Phillips. it takes place in the Wildstorm universe before i we asked me what Jason what is the Wildstorm universe? Well, it's basically like the universe that um, Jim Lee created um back when he broke broke off from Marvel and joined image. Hmm. now why should you care you shouldn't. <laughs> okay, because basically all the series is about is a government operative named Holden Carver, who basically winds up getting his his unit killed after he um, gets caught cut with an alien artifact that turns into a, turns him into a pain battery. Ooh, so basically like any pain he feels, he can store up and pass on to whoever he feels. What happens to Holden after he gets this power? you might not think so because because after his um unit is killed, his boss John Lynch basically feels this is a great way to um finding the perfect cover to um put, make him making an undercover operative to get him to um place into this um criminal organization led by a guy named Tao. Now lots like, of pain in the criminal organization. Yes. <laughs> because yeah, because after now the thing is though, after um after um Holden is successfully placed into um Tao's organization, Lynch um is attacked and winds up going into a coma. So since Lynch was the only person who knew that that Holden Carver was the um was the only person was actually like an undercover operative. He's basically on his own inside this organization. Alright. Yeah, and what he has to do to survive is basically the crux the crux of the series. Now it's the series thrives on moral ambiguity because Holden, like, he he wants to do the right thing. He wants to try and find he knows that what these people are doing is evil, but at the same time, he's had to do so many like morally compromising things just to survive. Like, he's had to kill other undercover operatives in order to um, in order to maintain his own cover. And he's also had to kill kill people under Tao's orders, and even then, like he's actually made friends with some of these guys, like his buddy best buddy Genocide Jones. <laughs> like Genocide, I mean, like he's a really um really nice guy, really a even though he's like been on like killing anyone he doesn't he doesn't we just doesn't like. And he um took the name Genocide Jones. He wanted to, like just kill everyone on Earth, and I like, told right. told him, told him says, like you know genocide basically means like killing killing a specific ethnic group here. And genocide responds. I saying, yeah, that's fine. So as long as you just start with the cops. <laughs> so he gets a kind of a strange form of Stockholm syndrome, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's like he, like he, he, he does want to find like forming bonds and just getting to know these people, but at the same time, he's he still has his own objectives. Like he wants to try and bring this guy down. But with with Lynch, I'm out of the picture. Even the people who who he used to work for think of him as a rogue operative. How he's just gone over to the other side, mm. and. And they see that like, now it's a four-volume series. The first two volumes is to pro- show Holden going so far, um, struggling with his this problem, this problem, and just trying to find ways out. And every time he tries to do tries to find a way out, things just get even worse, all the way to the point where he just winds up going completely under working under in Tao's organization, committing in, committing to it fully. Hmm. The second volume, however, well, you see, Lynch wakes up. And now after after Holden's gone completely rogue, now Lynch gets him back to touch with him and tells him, Okay, I know you're on you're actually one of our guys. I want you to come back. And so now Holden finds himself basically being played by Lynch and Tao against the other guy. Oh great. He's yeah. like a he's like a double operative, basically. Yeah. And it's 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 just great seeing all all the all the pressure that, that Holden that Holden's um put under. It's like his, it's all like just all the horrible choices that he has to make like all the pressure he's put under and cuz in the end it's it's great to see that he that he finally that he, he tries to take control of his destiny but even then it winds up driving only like putting him further further underneath the the edge
0: so that's what you kind of meant by the whole moral ambiguity uh situation
1: yeah cuz all this the series is basically just all about just, like all all the bad stuff that happens to Holden Carver, it's like because of, of the situation he finds himself in, and it's it's written written extremely well by Ed Brubaker because he's got it's very it's essentially a crime even though it's like it's got focused on a bunch of superhero um type types here like with with all the super all the superpowers like like Holden's um it's very much a crime series at heart with like with basically like like Holden's like he's like the guy going on he's like going undercover in the mob here. And and so and it's illustrated extremely well by Sean Phillips. who has a great great noir sensibilities and a really great design sense to keep with panel layout and just like showing how doing really like making everything look, look dark but not like not necessarily hard to follow. I mean, like gotcha. I just say like Sean Phillips. He's just he's one actually my favorite artists because because even though he doesn't have like like say like the raw or like the style like um detail of like someone like Brian Hitch or the great superhero grandeur of like Jim Lee. Every everything he does, it's like it's like stuff like this with a Sleeper. It's something that I'd be interested in reading. It's just like he's he's just a great storyteller in the way he does, the way he handles his art. So I say it's safe to assume that you recommend this series highly, and also the a prequel volume Point Blank, okay. which see details um, how Lynch got shot and just how and also how um, Holden got got screwed up in this situation in the first place. Gotcha. Okay. Next up on the list is um, Gunsmith Cat's Burst. All right. Uh, burst, I've watched the anime Gunsmith Cats. So how is this related? Okay. Well, first of all, it's like the anime does a good job of showing you what Gunsmith Cats is about. It's about um Raleigh Vincent and Minnie Mae. Yes. Um two um, bounty hunters, Chicago based bounty hunters You go like Raleigh's the um the gun, girl with the guns and Minnie Mae's the explosive expert. Yes, she is. Yes. And <laughs> this is them going around find like taking on all sorts of crazy criminals and like just blowing all sorts of stuff up in the process. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun. It's a great action series, and Burst is um writer is um writer uh, illustrator Kenichi Sonoda's um return to the series um after taking a break to do other stuff like Ken and God Mm-hmm. Now it's gotten a lot better since the first volume, which basically the first volume of Burst was just kind of like oh well it's back and you know it really hasn't changed at all. Hmm. It's like, it's gotten progressively better with um, volumes two and three because you get lots more lots more action as um. A, it seems like there's going to be like an overarching story about like, a rallying Minime um, get involved with like, the criminal organization who's got who's got some designs on after they after they screwed them over in the first volume first and second volumes mm-hmm. now this organization's um, got an eye on them and wants to try and get some get some retribution out of them. Mm-hmm. The thing is though is that um, as with like the previous series, Henshin Sonoda seems to have a um, there's always like a tug of a, a war between like with Keneshi Tsuna. So he wants to do a, uh, whether or not he wants to do like a, a Guns with the Cat series with, with Rally, with Rally and mini may, or does he want to do a Bean Bandit series by himself? Because, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, Bean Bandit um, is basically like the, um the master, um like, master drive um escape driver. It's like, if you, if you find up you find, out, if you find in trouble with the mob or anyone else, you pay him enough, pay Bean Bandit enough money and he'll get you out of there, no questions asked. Gotcha. And, the second vo- second volume and now in into the third basically deals with um a a cop who basically like um basically his personal mission to get to take out Bean bandit by any means necessary. And if you were wondering like, Whoa, well, hey, what's up? This is the Guns with Cat series with Rally and Mini May. Mm-hmm. And well now we're focusing on Bean Bandit. Mm-hmm. I mean it's still a good action series, but you kinda wonder like, well, what's the focus here? Yeah, you're saying the the, fo- the focus shifts,
0: uh quite quite
1: obviously. Yeah, it's like he's it's like he's going, like he's making. It seems like it's obviously he, that Sonoda wants to do more of a a, a Bean Bandit series, um, that at this point than um than like a Gunsmith Cat series with um Rally, Rally and Mini May. Interesting. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing because he's got a great great eye for action and how to how to pace a good action scene. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I guess it's a problem if you if you really like the uh, if you're looking for. Rally action with Riley and Minime specifically as opposed right. to being banned. Right. Now they still have the Shelby uh Mustang and stuff. Oh yeah, that's a good point because uh <laughs> the fact that um Shelby's um Riley's um Cobra was kit was actually um carjacked as a part of the um criminal organization's plan to get back at her after she screwed them in the first volume. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, so that basically like, the problem is like it's is sadly no longer with us as of the second volume. Nice. So now she's working on getting Getting a new car back, and that takes that's also that's your first story in volume three. Gotcha. Yeah. So right. overall, it's like it's like I said, it's still worthwhile for um, for action fans, mm-hmm. but, but it's like it doesn't have quite the same charm as the um, original Guns of Cat series, which is now available uncensored in four volume four omnibus editions from Dark Horse. Okay, so Dark Horse is putting it out. Yes. All right. And to be honest, it's like and honestly, so you haven't read this before the omnibus editions. I'd recommend going out and picking them up first. Uh, on the Omnibus? Yeah. Guns yeah. with Cats Omnibus 1 through 4. Gotcha. Then if you look Jones in for more, Guns with Cats Burst will probably fit the bill. Okay. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Now yeah, next up, I'm um, dragging um dragging John in here to um talk about another series that we've both read. You're dragging me in, kicking and screaming, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically we're talking about the Reader uh, read or die manga series. Yes. Now, this is the original series and the focuses on on the paper, Yomiko Reedman. Mm-hmm. She's an agent of the um, British, see the British Library, um, who basically has a power to control paper and all control paper and make it do anything she wants. Yes, and uh, part of the uh, part of the charm of uh, of.
0: Of reading this series was oh great after I'd watched the uh, OAVs and the um, uh, the ROD, ROD OAVs and then the, the ROD the TV I was like oh great now I get to read a prequel story about mm-hmm. about ROD well
1: we were not really um, treated to that were we now James yes because um, the problem is it's like all the first all like the first couple of volumes as is the four volume series first three volumes you get the feeling that you're basically reading a like an interqual like uh, something that sets up like that introduces um characters from the t v series mm-hmm. and explains kind of why certain characters went bad late after the o v a series right now then once you get to volume four though you find out, oh wait, that's not what we're reading at all mm-hmm. <laughs> We are reading actually an alternate universe story that doesn't actually have any direct correlation to the um t- to the o v a or TV series, not a really direct strong correlation in plot, at least. Yes,
0: because <laughs> of the names of some of the characters.
1: <laughs> names of some of the characters, obviously. But. Yeah, because the problem is, I mean, it's it's, it's sad though because the first because like the series is overall really strong. I mean, it has lots of the great crazy action that made the made the OVA and TV series so good and then to find out that oh wait we're not actually reading what we thought we were it's it's like you just pull out the they pull out the rug right from under us and cause us to fall right flat in our faces and it hurts and that doesn't make us happy at all yes
0: to me the rod oav was the master i mean it was just a a great three set story I really enjoyed the television series because it dovetailed so nicely into the events that happened in the OAV series. So uh, this is the kind of thing I expected when I
1: read this. Yeah, exactly. What makes it even more annoying is that the TV series refers back to um, a character in the manga. But it can actually work because what happened to him in the manga is different than what happened – what they're talking – than on um, the situation that they set up in the on in the T V series as well. Yeah. So you're wondering like, well, how can this possibly be? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean it's uh, I was like I said it's 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 all more grainy because like I said, it was it was very good up to the up to the final volume. hmm And then at that point, well see after that final volume I realized you know what I'm tossing this into the two sell pile of manga that there I There you have. go.
0: And I actually have, I actually bought the um um, Hideoki Kurata who is the the um, writer, he's the creator of the series, and he wrote the manga as well. Yes, he did. He also wrote a, a series of light novels that yes. I bought. And since I was practicing Japanese, I fancied, oh, I'll sit there and translate them. And I had made some copies for someone else to translate, and why well, it barely got past the first few pages. And I just said, okay. And and he, well, as of a few years ago, he was still writing those novels. I on my bookshelf. If I just tweak over here. I got seven of them sitting up there, but I don't. know. Hey. But I did get an author uh, autograph from Idiot Karata <laughs> when he was at Anime Expo a few years back. So uh, that you know, maybe I'll sell them on eBay or something. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, the uh, the the manga is uh, totally
1: well, almost a different animal, really. Yeah, and I guess movies. I guess to be honest, like I said, I guess the problem is like if you're, I guess if you're able to divorce yourself, like. Taking any like correlation to the um animator TV series, it'll probably be enjoyable, mm-hmm. but really divested of its connection to the to the reader or die series, I don't know it's like it's it the story itself would wouldn't be wouldn't be all that great if it hadn't had that connection yeah so which makes makes the fact that it doesn't connect to the series that much more disappointing
0: yeah I likes for him to come out with uh yet another series that would closely tie into the events or explain some of the events that we were left hanging off with. You know, he'd left it open, but uh, I don't know. Maybe he's not interested in producing it right now.
1: No. Yeah, and, uh, chances are it's like you probably have to wait till someone brings over the light novels. Exactly. Okay, and it looks like that's about it. Yeah, it's about, that's it for now. It's like, hey, just come back next time. plenty more comics to re- recommend or revile for you. Bye.